Hello and welcome back to the Football Unites podcast with me, your host, Josh. What a pre-season it's been for Birmingham City. Finally got our takeover sorted. We finally have owners now that care about us. That isn't been the case for well over 10 years, maybe even 20. So it's been an amazing pre-season for fans because we've finally seen the club is shaking off the darkness that we've had over us. We finally have hope. We have a goat, and we have a cook, and we have a Wagner, and we have all these different people that are going to take this club to the next level, and I, for one, cannot wait to see where this takes us. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about the background stuff that's happened, and I'm also going to talk about the first game of the season. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Let's go. Hey, right here, bring it up. Hey, this group here is going to be why we win right here. All right? Let's play our best. We've been putting in the tank. You know what I'm saying? Let's get something. Let's pull something out today. You know what I'm saying? Hey, let's all go play our best, huh? We'll have some fun. We'll be up on these boys, huh? So, on the 13th of July, 2023, the takeover is complete. Fantastic. I'm not going to read the whole statement because, every, obviously, every Blues fan will have read this countless times. We've all watched the videos that he's put out, the interviews with Gary Cook, as well as himself, Tom Wagner. And it's just, all of it is amazing. It's just positivity on top of positivity, on top of goodwill. And the biggest thing I asked for in my previous pods was hope. I generally have hope that at some point in the future, I'll be able to take myself and my son to a game and generally believe that we have an ownership that cares about what happens on the pitch and off the pitch as much as me, maybe even slightly more, because it's their business and it's their way of life. And I want to live in their world because their world is exciting. Their world takes my club to a level that I wasn't expecting to see. Anytime soon, if ever at all, really. With the whole Maxco debacle, I was of the mindset of most most people trying to buy the club are better than Birmingham Sports Holdings. And we could sidestep for a little bit, get ourselves kind of steady, and then try and find someone of Mr Wagner's ilk. We've jumped that, and we've... We've sidestepped the sidestep, and it's been amazing for us to see it. The ground is slowly starting to awake again, and I think that's fair. I think the ground has been completely and utterly disregarded by the old owners, and any of the board members from the previous ownership should be really embarrassed by what has had to be done to get this ground up to a standard for the new owners just to be happy with. It shows how how bad it's been for such a long time that the club is just working overtime now just to get things to a decent standing and that's the mark of a good owner. That's the mark of someone that they put their money where their mouth is and we've been crying out for this for so long and I'd even go as far as the Sullivan and Gold years. A lot of the time we would have to swallow what others wouldn't you know, and yes, they were good owners. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're not, because they were. But they could have done more. And what they did at West Ham proved that. They 
spent copious amounts of money on players that were never going to work for West Ham, but didn't really do that for Blues. They kind of run us like a business. And in one sense, that was good. We were never struggling and we were never looking over our shoulder, but they sold us to a crook. So, you know, it swings around us. But I do generally believe that as fans, this is where we need to change. I've said this on a previous podcast with Gabriel and with Ryan. We need to move away from... Oh, it's blues. Oh, typical. And I think that has only happened because of the club. The club was a certain way for so many years, way before I was even born. We need to move away from that. And some of the stuff that's come out um, from Tom points towards that. And that's what we need to really listen. So I will read this uh, statement that Tom made. Tom Brady joining Birmingham City is a statement uh, of intent. We are setting the bar at world class. At any point in our lifetime supporting Birmingham City, has world class and Birmingham City been in the same sentence? Other than the question being asked, are Birmingham City and world class in the same sentence? The simple answer is no, we're not. But the fact that they're willing to put that out there as their remit shows where we need to be. We need to be world class. Do we need to be world class fans? No, we don't. But we need to work towards that. We are a brilliant fan base. We do unify. You know, if anyone follows social media, if there's anyone with a GoFundMe page, they put it out to a Blues, the Blues Twitter, it will get hits. It will get investment. People will help out. People are good people within this fan base. But what we all are a little bit guilty of is seeing the glasses half empty is our biggest problem for a lot of the time. And with that mentality, it breeds the same sort of rubbish that we're trying to get the, the owners to move away from. So we need to do that. We need to be understanding, but we also need to buy into the process and believe the project. And if we do that as fans, we will be generally happier. Yes, it's going to be hard this season. We're not going to suddenly become one of the big hitters in the league. It's not going to happen. We need to be concise and considered in what we expect. Now, we could lose three games of the bounce, I expect the fan base to unfortunately turn. We can't do that. We need to be better than that. We need to buy into what John and the team are doing on the pitch and also what the people in the boardroom are doing. They've been given a really hard journey to start with because of how little Birmingham Sports Holdings cared about us. These people clearly care about where they want the club to be because it's in their interest as well. Birmingham Sports Holdings didn't care what the club did on the pitch. They weren't interested. They just cared about the listing, which, thank God, we don't have to worry about that anymore. That is the the root cause of what Birmingham Sports Holdings were about, were about the listing. Knighthead, Tom Brady, they're all interested about one commonality, the club being a success. With the club being a success, the fans can be a success, and we can all relish in the same glory of it, but we need to be better. We need to be better on social media. We need to be better uh, in the ground. We need to be better in day-to-day life. I know for a fact I've tried not to talk about Birmingham City in the past with people because I was kind of embarrassed. The club wasn't where it needed to be. It was a little bit of a laughing stock. Them days are over. We are getting better. It might be slow. It might take time. It might take two or three years. We might even still be in the championship in five years' time. But I, for one, with this ownership... 
truly believe that they will take us to a level which none of us were expecting if we give them time. Yes, they also know that you don't get given time very easily. You have to earn that time. And they've done an amazing job so far. For me, they've not put a foot wrong. And bringing in Tom Brady only elevates us. It elevates us on the other side of the world, which we've never done before. Even with Carson Young, there was all this stuff about Blues being a big face in um, the Far East. It wasn't. It didn't work. It never happened. With what we've done so far, with the undefeated brand, with the American influence, and with Tom Brady, we are becoming known. People around the world are going to start talking about us. Yes, it might only be because of the people we've got involved, and it might be talking about us by association, but it still helps. It still helps the club, and that's what we need to be doing. We need to be thinking of the other way around. We've been so poor with our finances and FFP. We have to think outside the box, and with these people, I truly believe they will think about things that fans as a whole wouldn't even think about, and that's what we need. We need smarts in areas where we don't see it, And I truly believe this group is the one. And we need to really just hold on and wait for the promised land because it's coming. I truly believe if we give these people the backing, nothing that they've done so far makes me believe it won't happen. So let's all try and shed the negativity that Blues have caused us all in the past because we've all been negative because that's Blues fans in a nutshell. We can be quite negative because our club... He's hard to support. We accept that. But that's part of the beauty. Because when we get the success, it feels even sweeter. So my plea to the fan base and to myself and to the greater good of Birmingham City, let's try this to make this season as positive as possible. Let's not berate players for mistakes. Let's try and see the development. And let's all aim for the world-class mentality that Tom... Wagner and the team around him are trying to put into this wonderful club. Come on now, we ain't done. We talked about that. Gotta play harder. Gotta play tougher. Harder, tougher, everything. Right, Saturday, 5th of August. First game of the season against Swansea. Before this game, I would have taken draw. Um, Swansea are a very good team. Yes, we beat them last season uh, with a last-minute winner from... The legend himself, Austin Trusty. Absolutely gutted he's gone to Sheffield United. I'd have loved him back this season. But such is life. Let's hope we can uh, pick him up next season when we swap places. That would be an absolute joy. But I'm only joking. I don't expect us to go up this season. But it would be nice. Um, Yeah, the game itself. I would have accepted a draw before the ball was kicked because I didn't believe we would be able to handle their passing. But to be brutally honest, I think we did really well. I I was very surprised with the way we set up. It was an exciting lineup. It's not what I expected. I expected a few more of the older players to come in, um, a little bit more experience potentially, um, and trusted old heads a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm quite glad that that John didn't go for the easy way. He kind of went how he wanted to play and whatever. The other team did. He wasn't too fussed, and I quite like that. Um, with the setup of the of the team, um, with a flat back four, I was really impressed with Ethan Laird. Um, continuously up and down, good in the tackle, 
A few times you think a player's got past him and suddenly he's with a foot in. It was a very, very good debut. I also think Buchanan was solid, didn't really put a foot wrong, was always willing, um, was coming inside a lot, which also helps. Um, but my standout player, um, obviously Dembele was a joy to watch. His feet are so fast, you never know what he's going to do. But I also think Sunich needs a a lot of praise. Um, a lot of fans have been harsh, is I think the best way to describe Sunich is harsh, because he has shown skill when he's played for Blues. The biggest problem with Sunich is, previous managers have asked him to do probably three jobs, one in the midfield. When you've got him next to Ryan Woods and Gary Gardner, he's the legs, because they don't have the legs really. You know, Gardner at one point was was okay in the middle, but the injuries have really caught up with him, and he's just not the player he used to be. And Ryan Woods never had pace. He never had it. You know, what do you expect Sonic to do when he's got bodies around him that can't, can't, aren't on his level, to be brutally honest? Yes, he has dipped. He has not improved from when we bought him. But I think in this game, with Bielik around him, with the players in front of him that are more athletic in Dembele, in Roberts. I do think we have a chance here, having that midfielder in the middle, that gives us something different. His link-up with Anderson in the middle was good, because Anderson necessarily isn't, you know, blistering pace, but he's got a trick or two and he's got movement. So I think he's got, potentially, three options he can look at in the middle part of the of the pitch that are all willing to take the ball and they want it to feet. If you play Duke up front, he doesn't want it to fit. He wants it in the air. But he can't do it because his legs aren't there. So it's all well and good having these players. But you need to link them up. And I do believe that front three behind Hogan probably give Sunich more of an option to pass to than he would have in his previous seasons at Blues. And also, it was very clear from John that his role was to break things up and get the team moving up the pitch. Yes, he moved about. He's, he can be described as a headless chicken at times. And that is fair. But I think with someone like Bielik next to him who can calm him down and pull him in and keep him settled and dictate how he wants him to move around for him, I think we've got a really good option there. And it might not work every game, but it'll work for some games. And when it works, it'll look really good. And that is an option I think Blues have needed in the middle for a long time. Um, It's not the level we've had before. We've had some brilliant midfielders in the past. When I've seen the pivot of Savage and, and Barry Ferguson, an absolute joy to watch. Sonny isn't in that level. He never will be. But he might do enough for us for 6 to 12 months. Or we sell him for for as much money as possible and we move on to somebody else. But I think he needs a an acknowledgement of how well he played because I think he did well. He did play well. Yes, he had three shots on target. Well, three shots at goal, shall I say. And they weren't the best. But it's not really his game. And a part of me, if he scores them, brilliant. But if he's outside the box, I'm more confident with him. Do you know what I mean? It's just, his long his long range shooting is much better than in his box. Because I think sometimes his, his mind can be a bit erratic like his playing style. He is a little bit of 100 mile an hour. But in the championship, it works. And it's something that we don't have anybody else that can do that. So I think it does work for us. So yeah, I, I'm... I'm quite happy seeing the double pivot of Bielik and Sunich. I think it will work. It will get us a lot of yellow cards this season, without a shadow of a doubt. So my advice, if anyone's into the betting, jump on 
pretty much every game they play together, Bielik and Zunic to get booked because it looks quite nailed on. But the game itself, uh, the game was was quite dominated by Blues, I would say. Blues were very comfortable uh, on the ball. Um, we passed it well. The expected goals for the game, Blues were 0.77, Swansea were 1.37. Possession, 59 for Swansea, 41 for Blues. Before the game started, I would have had that a bit bigger. I thought Swansea would have held the ball more than us, but that wasn't the case. We had five shots on target, six off. Swansea had four shots on target, four off. And they had one block shot and we had zero. We had one offside, which is good, because usually with Scott Hogan you have multiple. Um, but yeah, it, all in all, it was good. We um we did we did play really well. We passed the eye test. You know, we were determined in the way we wanted to play. We were consistent in it. We didn't suddenly just stop and go long ball. I felt like we played really well. It's as simple as that. We just played really well. It was exciting. I felt the subs were fairly correct. And Miyoshi's touch the second half, like that, that was something else, that was. It was, it's brilliant. Again, it got bums off seats. Like, yes, I was at home watching it, but I jumped up when that happened. I thought, here we go. We've got an absolute baller here. And yes, it's the first game. It's, an, it's a little introduction, but Blues fans, I'm putting this out to you. Has it always been the case where tricky players just don't seem to settle at our club? Because I don't understand it. Why do we always need a team full of passion merchants? We don't. You have to have both sides of the coin. If you have a team full of grafters, yeah, fantastic. But you need that little bit of sprinkle, a little bit of you know, sauce, a little bit of something different. You can't always be pushing the passion card. We need to have a, a mixture of both. You know, I saw a comment from uh, a Twitter account that I uh, follow and I talk with a lot with. Taryn Zigic on um, Twitter. Anyone that follows Twitter will know uh, this account. He, he puts out a lot of good stuff, to be honest. And this is what his tweet says. Over the last few weeks, I've seen a few comments I'm not keen on regarding Miyoshi. We need to move away from thinking every Blues player is going to be a gritty and tough. Success requires lots of different types of footballers, not just 11 battlers. That is the embodiment of what we need on social media this season. Stop expecting every player to be the passion, to be the tackler, to be the warrior. We need all sides of the coin. Blues have been, in the past, guilty of sticking to one type of player, and it doesn't work. We need to have all types. And if you can get a player that can do both within himself then we are laughing, but we have to build slowly. This is a slow process to get out of this league. We've been in this league now for 12 seasons, and we've made mistakes pretty much every single season. This is where, as a fan base, we need to try and insulate our players a little bit. I'm not saying now that we have to be blind and not call out bad performances, because I do that a lot. I've called out Scott Hogan. I can call him out on this one as well for the game on Saturday, because I believe he wasn't effective. Yes, he ran, but he wasn't effective. That is a fair comment to make. To berate him and say that he's, you know, the worst shocker we've ever had doesn't help. And Miyoshi has only played a handful of minutes. So we need to give these players time to build and to grow. But there's other players in the squad that have been there for so many seasons that seem to get away with it because they've run a bit. We can't have it both ways. How can we slag off a, a player that's just come because he may or may not have been pushed off the ball a little bit too easy. Let's give him time. Let's let's work on it. You know, 
we had a brilliant player that unfortunately I've got to see in Ivan Sanchez. He was very similar. Probably not as good as Miyoshi, potentially. And he was loved by the club, but to start with, there was a little bit of murmuring. Oh, is he good enough? Yes, he was. It was a shame that he had to leave before we got to see him due to COVID closing the stadiums. But we need to... This season, I want to see some more positivity from the fan base now. I can say that done blue in the face. It'll only happen if the club improves and the team on the pitch improve. And I believe they will. I'm very confident with this season. My predictions at the start of the season... Um, I've had Blues 10th because I generally believe we could do that and who knows we might even flirt with playoffs if our ducks are in order but we don't need to worry about that because I generally believe this season is when the groundwork is put in place there's no relegation worry and we start building and we start looking and we start seeing what we can do in 6 months time and then 12 months and then 18, and then 24, and then who knows, we might be in the Prem, we not, might not be, but we have to be positive, we have to just give ourselves over to these people, we've championed for this, we've threw tennis balls on the pitch for this, we've done loads of stuff to try and rid ourselves of a poor owner, we've got a decent one now, and we don't even know how big it's going to get, but we have to be positive, and we have to really divorce ourselves from the old blues this is the new blues and the new blues require new things from the fan base and new things from the players the staff everything's new because we have to do something different and change everything around it because the old way never worked it didn't work for 12 years it's not going to work now we have to be better if we can change our mentality slightly to be more positive about the club we would then make atmospheres better in the stadium which then helps the team it's natural. If your fans are going mad for you, you're going to play better. You're going to forget about that little like. You're going to forget about you being a bit tired. You're going to run and run and run. And that's all we need. And we have signed players this summer that are a bit different. And that's a good thing because we needed that. We were so lacking in mobility, pace and drive. And we've got that now. And this is a season where I truly believe we start seeing some really exciting stuff. We ain't done, Shango. Come on now, we ain't done. We talked about that. got to play harder. got to play tougher. Harder, tougher, everything. Going back to Saturday, the biggest thing I could see on Saturday is if we had another option up front, someone mobile, someone with a bit of pace and with a bit of a point to prove, I think we would have beat Swansea. And I think we would have beat Swansea quite comfortably. We were lacking that that figurehead, that tip of the arrow, really. And unfortunately, for me, Hogan, he's done. He's done until we can get another striker in. And what I mean by that is, there is no jeopardy in, in Hogan's play. He never plays for the for the starting position, because if he's fit, even 80% fit, he's going to start, because you can't start Duke in this kind of setup. It's clear where Eustace wants to go with it, but you can't start a target man with limited mobility in the way he wants to play with these players. It doesn't make sense. We need to move away from the big man up front. We need to move more into the well-rounded lone striker, really. That would work so much better. A Clayton Donaldson of old would have worked perfectly in what he's trying to do. And that's what we need to look for. Or someone with zippy pace. 
So it's a long process that the club are going to have to go through to try and find the right striker because, let's be honest, everybody wants the striker that we want. Everybody wants the same sort of makeup of that striker. And unfortunately, there's a limited amount of numbers, so costs are involved. For me, a Prem loan and maybe a perm from abroad, fantastic. I wouldn't be against that. But I also trust the the board and the team and the club to do the right thing. I'm excited. It's going to be good to get back to the stadium. Um, this season, for probably all of us, I get the excitement that I used to get when I was a kid. Um, it's probably the most excited I have been for a season since we got promoted the first time round after the uh, Darren Carter penalty. I'm just... My head's spinning a little bit about what has come out about the club and the positivity that's happening. But there's also that line where it feels a little bit... The game feels a little bit bigger than football. It's going to be the first home game since Trevor Francis has passed away. And for me, I never got to see him play. Um, I'm only 32. But I got to see Francis as the manager of Birmingham City. And he oversaw some some mad nights. You know, I, I remember the Ipswich game. That was, that was something else. <laughs> and with hearing after his uh, sad passing that the board had ideas... Or plans to approach him to come back into the club. It just highlights that football is a big part of our lives. But it's it's not bigger than life. Life is more than, than that. And I truly believe that with this ownership and our fan base. We can give him the best send off possible. And I am... I'm glad the club have been able to do what they've done now. I worry if it was previous times, it wouldn't have been the right way of gone about it. But I'm so glad that they have. The speed they did to get the memorial has to be commended. That whoever set that up shows there's a care involved. There's a understanding of how fans are going to feel as well as you know the wider public. But that Leeds game is going to be an emotional one for 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 a lot of fans that could remember Trevor as a player, as well as a manager. But it's also going to be special because we're all going to be in the ground together. Hopefully, Wagner and his team are going to be there and they're going to see us for the first time truly. Truly when it's us and it's and it's them and there's nobody else. It's just our club as one at the first game of the season. I can't wait to hear the noise. I can't wait to hear the passion and I have said in, in 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 this part that we need to move away from passion within the team. We don't need to move away from passion in the fan base. If anything, we need more of that. To be world-class fans, you have to be present, you have to be vocal, and you have to be willing. And we are all them things. When Blues are on it, we are on it. That ground, you do not want to come to that ground if you are not part of Blues. You just don't. Sir Alex said it many a time. You know, St Andrews was a hard place to come for him. So why can't we make it for everyone? Let's not treat Leeds as our Man City. Let's not treat Leeds as the FA Cup. Let's Leeds treat us as their FA Cup. Let's put it on Leeds. Let's not treat Leeds as, because they've got these Premier League players and all this money, that 
they're going to be really good this season, which they will be, but not second game in, because they're still going to have the hangover from relegation. They might have players, their better players won't be selected potentially, because they might have moves already happening, or we might have to play their best players and they might move the week after. Who cares? We need to be on it, and we need to show our new owners what we're about. Let's make St Andrews a cauldron. Let's make it where Sky and everybody else have to mention that how loud we are. Let's do that again. It's been there before. And with the safe stand that's coming in, this ground is going to be rocking. And I can't wait for it. And when you have the GOAT of the NFL on your team, it feels good. It feels good that we've got these people. And with all the talk and all the you know the whispers and the potential with this ownership, and then every time there's a new piece, we all jump on it. That's what we need to keep on doing. Let's keep the the train going as such. Let's keep the wheels moving because it's only going to help the club. And the club's waking up again. Like the club's been in such dire straits on the pitch, off the pitch. It's such a refreshing start of the season where I'm not down in the dumps expecting a relegation. And now, anything could happen. We could still be the same. And okay, back to the drawing board in the next window. But that's the difference. Even if we are the same, they will keep on pushing to make us not the same. But I don't think it... I, I truly believe I truly believe this is the, this is the season where we look back and go, yeah, that's where it started to change. These where the building blocks and the base was, was laid to build upon. And that's exciting. Because it does one thing, which I cried out for. It brings hope back to St Andrews. And hope has been in short supply. It's going to be a great comeback, guys. Well, I've waffled on for too long now. You're probably all sick of me hyping up the new owners and the positivity around the club. But it's true. I am happy, I am positive, and I truly believe that this is a season where we can all have some fun and we can enjoy the football on offer and we can hopefully see improvement and see development, which already from the outside looks better, the ground looks better, and I can't wait for Saturday. I'm going to really just immerse myself in it and be try and try to really understand why I go to football? Why do I go to the Blues? I go to the Blues to support and hope that my club can be a success. So if I could go to the club now with a positive mind, hopefully it manifests on the pitch because I've gone to the grounds, the ground, for too many seasons with the mentality of, why do I bother? We're rubbish. It's too much. I'm sick of this. It doesn't give me the relief. I'd rather be back at home. I'd rather be at work. That kind of vibe. I'm hoping this is the season where all that goes. We have a rudder and an engine. Let's see. Let's see where it can go. If it's HMS mid-table, I'm happy. HMS piss the league, I'm over the moon. But as long as we're moving and we're going in the right direction and we're all on the same path and we're all pulling together, that's the the be and end all this season. Let's become the alliance that we once was. Let's become the blues we've always wanted to be. And let's watch as our team grows 
and improves and hopefully we have something to shout about this season. Just before you go, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I'd like to always give a fun or a warm-hearted story. So what I've done, I've scoured the internet and I think some of you may have picked up. I've dropped a couple of bits of Tom Brady, some of his most memorable marked up moments. I've also found a quote of his that I think fits perfectly to our club and our mentality. So thank you for listening. Been much appreciated and I hope you catch the next one. This has been the Football United podcast. I've been your host, Josh. Keep right on. The magic you're looking for is in the will of trying and not giving up. The love of your dream is in your heart. One day you'll look back on your life and appreciate the struggle and have nothing but gratitude for everything that happened along the way. And you come to recognize that in return, you're given the chance to earn the greatest edge of all and one that can never be taken away. To anyone who's struggling early in the morning or late at night in pursuit of your dream, struggles that many will never see, and to any leaders out there who believe in someone who doesn't yet believe in themselves, keep going. Keep going. Because will always finds a way. I want to live a great, impactful, purposeful life, and I want to impact people from the lessons that I've learned and see if people can learn anything and try to relate it in their life some way. I've been fortunate to learn the right things, and I, what I believe to be the right things, what worked for me. So I, I wrote them down, because people ask me all the time, hey, I want to do it. How do I do it? What should I do? And I said, okay, well, let me think about it, and you know, let me articulate it in a way that you know, people can understand. I wasn't blessed with a lot of things that they wrote about. You know, they want someone tall, they want someone fast, they want someone strong, they want someone that can, you know, have all these physical traits. But I didn't have all those physical traits at the time. So I had to work to develop other traits, you know, leadership, perseverance, determination, work ethic, discipline. And then you get to be a professional athlete and everyone's really talented. Well, what other skills have you developed? You know, you can't just rely anymore on being the most gifted, being the most talented. What other things have you been able to develop? And I was fortunate to be in very competitive environments. I'm not gonna bring the typical, you know, what you're looking for, but if you give me time to develop, I can develop into something that could, you know, be a great leader of a team and be very disciplined and set the tone and, you know, great work ethic. And those are things that I enjoyed then and I still enjoy those things now. I'm an athlete. I depend wholly on my body. My body is my asset. I can't go out there on the field and eat, you know, fast food and expect it to perform. If I don't have this, if it breaks down, I can't play. When I was, I wrote it in the book, when I was a young 25 years old, I couldn't throw the ball. I had a terrible diet when I was a kid, the worst diet, you know, and probably all the way through I was 25. And then I was like, okay, well, this isn't working out well. You know, I'm not quite getting the results I want to get, so why don't I change? Why don't I try some different things? And over the course of 15 years, it came to this. And it's hard to say for someone, hey, do all these 30 things and make a difference. I think, and I'm right, it's just start slow. Start with what works for you, and maybe start cutting out a few things, but only if you want. I mean, it's everyone's life. They get to choose what they want. It's up to people to determine what they want to achieve. You know, I do have a purpose of wanting to use all the things that I've learned over a long period of time, you know, at the highest athletic level to teach other people what may work for them in their life so they can do the things they want to do. 
I just had in my mind like, oh, cool, I went to school and I want to play pro football and I'm going to get picked and of course I'm going to play. You crazy? You know, why would you not think that I'm going to be able to do that? And everyone else was like, you should really think about another job or you should put together a resume. And, and I was like, why would I put together a resume? I'm going to go play professional football. I want to be the best I can be. I know when I go out there, it's not to compare myself to this guy or that guy. It's everyone's good. Everyone plays good. I still feel like there's still more to be accomplished. I was practicing the last two days, like, you know, working on my technique, on my fundamentals, on my, all the things with my training that I still feel like I can be better, be a percentage better. If you happen to be very lucky when you're 10 years old, you'll have people in your life who tell you the world is anything you want it to be and you'll believe them. And those people will never put limits on your abilities. In return, no matter the circumstances, you always try best and you never give up because that's what you do when you're chasing your dream. If you're lucky, you'll have family, teammates, coaches, mentors, and trainers along the way to help you when you lose faith in yourself. And they'll give you the strength to carry on. If you're lucky, you may get picked last. You may ride the bench and many times the team may move on without you. And you come to recognize that in return, you're given the chance to earn the greatest edge of all and one that can never be taken away. Will, heart. So to anyone who feels left out or is afraid of trying their best for fear of failure, you're not alone. The magic you're looking for is in the will of trying and not giving up. The love of your dream is in your heart. One day you'll look back on your life and appreciate the struggle and have nothing but gratitude for everything that happened along the way. To anyone who's struggling early in the morning or late at night in pursuit of your dream, struggles that many will never see, and to any leaders out there who believe in someone who doesn't yet believe in themselves, keep going. Keep going. Because will always finds a way.